You're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe uses 2 Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 9 to talk about God's faithfulness and heart for His children in times of difficulty. Our verse today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 7 to 9. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For I am weak, then I am strong. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. May the Holy Spirit guide us in truth. And hopefully we will understand what true comfort means in the light of our afflictions and struggles. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our message today is finding comfort in times of pain. And today I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about pain. Not just physical pain, but emotional pain as well. And I want to talk about comfort. When I say comfort, it's our desire to medicate or eradicate the pain. And hopefully as we end this, we would have a better understanding of what pain is, what comfort is, in the light of the word today, and how it will impact our day-to-day experience. All of us are subscribed to the idea that to seek pleasure and comfort is human nature and avoiding pain is what we strive to achieve. No one desires to be in pain. I was reading a blog last night. It says, why Australia can't afford to ignore pain? In a 2021 report, just on the musculoskeletal pain related conditions, Australia spent over $12.5 billion just to address that. The pain-killing industry is a billion-dollar undertaking. Panadol, one of their slogans, when pain is gone, joint pain or whatever pain it is, when pain is gone, life takes its place. Yes, to a certain extent, this is true. But it's not always the case. We are made to believe that if you don't have pain, you will be happy. It's not true. What is our concept of comfort? Our concept of comfort is this. This is me. This is pain. And comfort stands in between to shield me from pain and suffering, from inconvenience, from the worries of life. And when in pain... It's either God takes away our pain and we get relieved from it, we become comfortable, or he actually removes the thorn in the flesh, as Paul was saying, the inconvenience, the heaviness, and the worry go away. Or God lets the pain stay. And when it does, you just surrender to it. I can't do anything about it. This is life. That's just the way it is. 
So when we ask God for comfort, we are actually looking at God to come in between us and pain for Him to be our pain barrier, for God to be our Panadol when we're not feeling good. But God, as we know it, doesn't always take away the thorn. When in spite of our prayers, the, the thorn remains in our flesh and God allows us to suffer, I just want you to remember one thing. And this is our message today. You will forget many things I will say today, but remember this. Trust God with the thorn. Paul was talking about the thorn in the flesh, as he read in the verse. A messenger of Satan to harass me. He was not specific with the thorn. In fact, many theories were, were told about this. It could be like physical, mental, or emotional pain. But there's not enough evidence in the Bible to actually make it conclusive. One thing we know, Paul is no stranger to pain. He's been shipwrecked three times. He's been beaten and left for almost dead. He's experienced all kinds of disasters and calamities and the worst ever that a man could experience in life. He has, I would want to think, a very high threshold of pain. But in this case, in this verse, he was so uncomfortable that he did not just ask God. It says he pleaded to God three times. He said, Lord, please take this away from me. Make it go away. He wants his Panadol, just like most of us who are in pain. We ask God, God, please, I cannot take it anymore. Hindi ko nakaya. Take it away from me. And I find it interesting that Paul intentionally did not specifically mention what that pain was. He was very vague. He did not say, well, a lot of people were saying he has failing eyesight. He did not say, I cannot see anymore, or my back aches, I have cancer. And he did not say that. He just said it was a thorn in the flesh, very vague. It was, it was a messenger of Satan to harass me. Why? Because he doesn't want us to focus on the content Paul wants us to focus on the intent. Paul wants us to focus not on the thorn, but on the purpose of the thorn. Paul is telling us whatever thorn you have in your life, the things that keep you awake at night, or the things that bother you, God has a purpose for that. Trust God with the thorn. In this particular chapter, in this particular passage, the purpose of the thorn was to keep Paul's character in check. And when we have thorns in the flesh, maybe it's God's way of strengthening our character. Maybe it's God's way of teaching us something. Maybe it's God's way of healing our hearts. Often we expect God to do instant miracles when we're in pain. However, sometimes the miracle that God works on is our character. In verse 7, Paul said, so to keep me from becoming conceited, that was the purpose of the thorn in his flesh. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. He mentioned it two times. You see, before this, Paul had a vision. 
He was taken to the third heaven. He was taken to paradise. He's seen so many great things that he's not able to speak about it. He has heard so many wonderful things that he is forbidden to speak about it. He saw heaven. And for this, God said, to keep me from becoming conceited. Twice he mentioned the purpose, but even if he knew what the purpose was, he still asked, Lord, please, this is heavy for me. I cannot take this anymore. Please take it away from me. The comfort that we are looking for most of the time is we want God to stand in between. He becomes a comfort barrier. In this passage, I want you to remember that God is defining comfort from a different perspective. Did you know that the word comfort comes from the Latin, the root Latin words con and fortis. Con means together with. Fortis means strength. This is where we get the word fortitude. Did God answer Paul's prayer? Yes, he did. He actually replied. He said, my grace, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God was saying, I'm not going to remove your thorn, Paul. I'm going to let it stay. But I would teach you to trust me in the midst of everything that you're going through. God was giving Paul the third option. See, the second option is God lets it stay and we suffer. This verse, this passage is telling us God will keep the thorn. Whatever it is that you're going through, maybe God is not going to take it away. But he said, I will give you grace. My grace is sufficient. The comfort that God is saying is comfortis, comfortis, meaning together with strength. It means I am with you. We are here together, and that is where your strength will come from, from my presence in your life. Comfort together with strength. Remember, comfort is not the absence of pain, but the presence of the grace and peace of the Lord in the midst of your pain. You will not remember everything that we talked about today, but I want you to remember, whatever it is that you're going through, trust God with the thorn. Some of you may be familiar with the events that happened in our life as a family. I want to share my testimony to you today. I'll be sharing some pictures. Some of them may be graphic and quite disturbing. So you may choose not to look at it if you, if you like. The second week of July, my wife was diagnosed with bronchitis and I had a mild case of pharyngitis, we were on antibiotics, and we were not really feeling very well. July 28th, I tested positive for COVID. On my second day in isolation, something happened at the cafe where my daughter was working. I remember I was, I was in, in the bedroom by myself. You know, if you're isolated, you're thinking of things to do. I was looking at the CCTV camera at the cafe. And I saw one of her staff on the phone. She was walking in and out of the cafe. She seemed a little bit disturbed. And then she flipped the sign from open to close. 
it was around 12 in the afternoon, which was kind of odd because we closed at 2.30. So I flipped the camera over to the kitchen, and I saw it was empty. And that was odd because that was lunchtime. There were supposed to be people there. So I switched back the camera to the main hall, and I saw a stretcher. And somewhere at the end of the road, there's an ambulance. I told my wife from a distance, because I was positive, I told her there's a stretcher in the cafe. I don't know, call it mother's instinct. She started to cry. While I was telling her that there was a stretcher in the cafe, the phone rang. Our staff told me that we were trying to call you. There was an accident in the cafe. There was an explosion in the kitchen. And Ange, our daughter, was there. The first thing that I asked was, how was she? And she said, she's okay. And that sort of gave me a sigh of relief. So Katrina and Carlene, two of our daughters, picked up their mom and they went to the cafe. She was not allowed inside because she was a close contact. You see this a lot in movies. But seeing your daughter in a stretcher is a completely heartbreaking experience. The paramedics were quite calm. And I was convincing myself when I was looking at the video, it must not be that serious. Because they were just like, sort of taking their time. They were looking after her wounds and all that. When I saw the firemen inspecting the kitchen, they arrived in just a matter of minutes. I overheard them like talking about, is there a gas leak? Uh, there was an explosion, obviously, but where did it come from? They were trying to investigate. So I went back to the CCTV recording and reviewed the video. If you were to ask me, I wouldn't want to look at it. I knew the event was recorded on camera, but I didn't want to look at it. In the final moments at around half past 12, I saw Ange in the kitchen doing her regular stuff. She was wearing a mask. Why? Because I told her to wear a mask because she was with me the day I tested positive for COVID. They normally don't wear masks in the kitchen. For the front of house, it's a requirement for most establishments, but in the kitchen, it's hard to breathe with the heat and everything that's going on. She was wearing a mask. There was a pop that happened. If you can see from the picture, she was trying to reach out that oil spray, you know, the spray that you buy from Kohl's? The yellow cap popped out. The oil spray was at the wrong place and at the wrong time. Uh, Ange was boiling her ramen broth, and the steam was right underneath the oil canister. She was trying to move it farther away from the heat source, but it slipped and fell, as you can see from that picture. At that point, I think, that canister was already superheated. Very hot oil inside, plus it has a propellant, which is flammable, normally propane. So it was a time bomb waiting to explode. Within a fraction of a second, 
it exploded right in front of her face. You can only see her legs from the explosion. The explosion was so powerful, it broke some of our ceiling panels in the cafe, even the ceiling panels of the adjacent Japanese restaurant beside us. When I saw my daughter in smoke, running for help, I cried like a helpless child. I cannot do anything. There was nothing in my capacity to do anything. At that point in my life, I was in my room and reviewing that video. God has taken everything, every sense of control over my life. I cannot do anything. I was just stuck there. And I said my longest prayer in tears. And I just said, Lord. And that said it all. I didn't have anything else to say. You know, it was at this moment that God was telling me, you know, Joe, sometimes it's okay not to be strong. I've always believed that I'm a strong person. I've always believed that I have a sense of control over what's happening over my life. But at this point, God said, it's okay. It's okay not to be strong. It's okay to be helpless. Because it is in your weakness that my strength will be made perfect. It is in our moment of weakness, our moment of suffering, that God wants us to come to Him in complete trust and surrender. You know when you're in pain? Sometimes it's God's way of saying, I want to be more intimate with you. I want you to be closer to me. Because sometimes you get so distracted with the things of the world, we forget about God. And the only time we remember Him is when we are in pain. And sometimes God brings that pain to our lives so that we can be more intimate with Him. Sometimes that is His only way of calling our attention. My personal journey as a pastor, my wife's journey as a mother, and a wife as well, our individual journey as a family, our testimonies of God's faithfulness in our lives. This is what we're celebrating today. Not just in our lives, I'm sure all of you can stand here before me and share your testimony of how God has been faithful in the many times that you've searched for meaning or answer or hope in your life. This event in my life was God's way of saying, I am in control, and I am sovereign over everything that's happening in your life. Miracle number one, a small canister covered the entire kitchen. My daughter is alive. That's the first miracle. She is alive. Number two, she was wearing a mask. You can still see the mark. If she didn't wear the mask, she would have inhaled hot air. And probably some of the flames, which have probably would have impaired her respiratory functions. Her mask protected her internal respiratory functions from injury. Miracle number three, little Sam had a surgery at the Canberra Hospital a day before. There was only one parent allowed 
to stay in the hospital. But during that day, the doctors allowed Tet and Dobo to stay with Sam. So Tet was able to look after Ange while she was at the emergency room waiting for her sisters to arrive. She was there to hold her hand, to encourage her. For me, that is a miracle. Miracle number four, we were told that she will be airlifted to Sydney. You see, when you hear the word airlifted, being airlifted, to be airlifted, you know that it's not good. They said they cannot handle the situation at the Canberra Hospital, and she would have to be airlifted to the Concord Sydney Repatriation Hospital. The emergency services were such an amazing group of people that encouraged and supported Ange. And Bing was able to fly with her in spite of her being a close contact. There was an available uh, area there because the plane can accommodate two patients, but at that time there was only one. Ange and Bing was able to fly and be with Ange at that moment. She suffered superficial burns on her face and second-degree burns on her arms. Miracle number five, she had a four-hour surgery the next day in Sydney. And the doctors had to debride non-viable tissues. In short, they had to painstakingly peel every burned skin on her arms and face. I thank God because after this operation, she was safe. Being at that time hasn't successfully recovered from bronchitis. You know, sometimes it takes two weeks, three weeks. She still keeps on coughing, not feeling well. And even if she was not feeling well, she had to be strong. Even to the point of pretending to be strong for Ange. She would go to the toilet and cry to me because she's in so much distress and stress and pain. Just trying to hold on to every ounce of strength that the Lord graciously provides her. They remained in Sydney for a few days in a hotel nearby. And Bing was tending to Ange every need. They had to return five days after that uh, checkout to have her wounds assessed. On Thursday, they were supposed to go back home to Canberra. Unfortunately, the prognosis was not really good. As you can see from the picture, uh, the wounds were not healing properly. And the doctor said, you might have to come back for us to do another surgery. And she didn't want to go through the pain of that anymore. But you don't have any other choice. The doctor said, if the wounds do not heal properly, we would have to perform skin grafting on her. Miracle number six, they were allowed to return home on Thursday, provided we drive back to Sydney on Monday. And they came just uh, in time uh, for me to go past my isolation. So I, we switched places. I was the one taking care of Ange. We suspected that Bing had COVID when she was in uh, Sydney with Ange. Because when she tested positive after two days, she tested negative. So at that time when Bing was calling me saying, I cannot bear this anymore, she was at the peak of her COVID symptoms. And she called me and she said, 
I think I need an ambulance. That was Wednesday night. Imagine how I felt being so helpless as a, wife, as a husband to my wife and as a father to my daughter. Not being able to do anything to be of help. It's a miracle and she didn't get infected and being got well. Miracle number seven. That small can produced enough power to burn the entire kitchen. A fraction of a second. See that mark on the wall? That is the trajectory of that little piece of can that exploded. The force was so strong that broke the tile on the wall. If that was on her face, it could have ripped her face apart, blinded her, or even killed her. It is a miracle that I am thankful for. Miracle number seven. One day, the doctor assessed the amount that we have to pay the hospital, more than $50,000. The membrane that was put on her hand was called BioBrain, about $16,000 just for the two hands and parts of the face. And she didn't have a personal insurance. Even if we had workers' compensation, she's not covered because she's an owner. And Bing called me, and I told her, let's not think about that now. What's important is our daughter is alive, but I wasn't able to sleep that night. Thursday, when they were about to come out, uh, a miracle happened. The lady from the accounting department asked Bing to provide documents that Anch is the owner, co-owner of the business, and some other documents which I complied with. Before they left, they even refunded the $340 that Bing paid. The entire amount was shouldered by the government. We are very blessed to be in this country. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. I wouldn't want to call this a miracle, but it is a miracle for me. God showed me a glimpse of how our daughters would care and love for one another when we're not around anymore. I was telling our daughters, you know, we will not be here forever. And God showed me a picture of sisters looking after each other, caring for each other. They took turns in taking care of Anne's personal hygiene details and everything. They were caregivers to their sisters. And I saw that beautiful picture. Lord, thank you. You know, I've failed many times as a parent, but we must have some, done something good for our children to grow up that way. Teach your children in the way they should go, and they shall not depart from it. That's what the Bible says. Miracle number 10 is the prayer, is the miracle of prayer and support. We had someone from Sydney who took care of their transport needs to and from the hotel and the hospital. We had a friend who drove Bing and Ange back to Canberra. There are many of you here in church who offered to drive us or drive them. And there are many who have given their support. This event brought us closer ever as a church family, both in prayer and in being there for one another. Even our neighbor provided me fresh seafood dinner every night. So it's, but that's a picture. 
See, I had fresh, uh, you know, fish and squid, barbecued squid. I, I, I cannot, you know, thank them enough. And I would like to thank all of you personally on behalf of Anch to all those who have given their monetary support and blessing personally to Anch. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are a lot of people who prayed for us, people from this church, people from our church back in the Philippines, people who don't even know us were praying for us. That is the miracle of prayer. And of course, the biggest miracle for me was the healing miracle. I drove Ange together with Mickey and Aaron to Sydney on a Monday with our back filled with luggages because we were expecting to spend a few more days in Sydney. The doctors and nurses were amazed. She healed in a matter of four days. The picture that you saw with her arms in blood was replaced with fresh baby skin. It is a miracle. In four days, people were praying. I don't know from wherever part of the world, but God was at work. Gans was saying a while ago, even if you don't see it, God is working behind the scenes. This is her in the uh, kitchen several days later. And I asked permission from Ange to share with you a picture of uh, her Instagram profile the other day. She said, recently I've been struggling with my physical appearance, but I realized that healing comes with acceptance. So here I am showing you what I'm most conscious of. The scars will fade eventually, but this experience will always be a reminder of how in control and how good God is. Not everyone gets a second chance. Ange, I'm proud of you. You are... She's one of the bravest women I've, I've ever known. In her weakness, she was made strong in the Lord. And I just want to encourage you all. This is the comfort that God gave us. God did not remove the thorn. But he gave us peace. He gave us comfort. It's not the God pain barrier kind of comfort. It's the God together with strength kind of comfort. He wanted us to trust him in the thorn. In our darkest moment, in the middle of the storm, he gave us peace that defied human understanding and explanation. He gave us together with kind of strength and comfort. He was saying, Joe, Bing, Ange, Katrina, Miki, Carlene, I am with you in this. And when I am with you, you have everything you need. When God is with you, you have everything you need. In the middle of uncertainty and fear, he gave us hope. And it is amazing because I realized that the only contribution we had in this entire thing is our weakness. That is our only contribution in the equation, our weakness. God said, my power is made perfect in weakness. It is in our affliction and weakness that God's strength is made perfect. 
when we trust God with a thorn, just like Paul, we can say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Remember, there will be times when God will take away every form of control over your life, whether it's a financial situation or a relationship situation or a health situation. Times when He will make you weak. Times when He will not remove the thorn from the flesh and let it stay. And times when He will allow you to suffer affliction, tragedy, a medical diagnosis, a loss of a loved one, hardships, and as Paul was saying, insults and persecution and the calamities in life. We can say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When you have a thorn in the flesh, focus not on the suffering. Focus on the Lord. Look to Jesus because it is the purpose of the Lord that gives meaning to your suffering. Remember, it is the purpose of the Lord that gives meaning to your suffering. Paul said, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. It is the purpose of the Lord that gives meaning to our suffering. And our suffering produces our character, it changes our hearts, and it heals us. I hope that you won't go through what our family has gone through the past few months, even before this incident. But if ever you do, always remember that whatever God allows to come your way, whatever it is, I don't know, maybe you're going through something right now, remember to trust Him with the thorn. That's all I want you to remember today. Sometimes He will not take away the thorn. But remember, at your lowest, God is your hope. At your weakest, God is your strength. And if the thorn remains, His grace is sufficient. For His power will be made perfect in your weakness. So we can boast in our weakness and the power of Christ will rest upon us. For when we are weak, we are strong. I want to invite us all before we call the kids for a special number. We're so excited about that. To a moment of prayer. We want to be a praying church. Maybe someone here has a thorn in the flesh. You're battling with something, something that keeps you awake at night. And maybe you need an encouragement in prayer. Maybe you know someone who's not here is going through a difficult moment in his or her life and she needs prayer. Let's pause for a moment in prayer. If you can pray together with your family, with a friend, maybe a stranger here, please, let's take a moment to pray for one another before we call in the kids. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that through it all, if we set our eyes on you, even if you don't take away the thorn in our flesh, even if we remain suffering, we know that we are suffering for a purpose. And we know that your grace is sufficient in everything that we are going through right now. 
It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to cry. Because it is in our frailty, in our moments of weakness, like a little child, God's strength will be made perfect. So Lord, we thank you for six years of your faithfulness to the church. We thank you of the many years that you have been faithful to us individually, in our families, in our careers, in our finances, in our health. Lord, we just want to honor you today. We want to worship you. And we want to thank you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, guide us, comfort us, and encourage us. Heavenly Father, we bring you all the honor, the glory, and the praise that you and only you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalan. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.